and welcome to the Sound and the Fury podcast number four. I'm Greg Harrington. And I'm Dan Chesworth. This is everybody's favourite left-wing biased cultural review podcast. We should stress that we are that way biased. It's mainly because of our degree, really, isn't it? Yeah, three years of heavy Marxism. Yeah, uh, in the past tense, of course, as we are graduating on Wednesday. Yep. Uh, at which point we should be joined, hopefully, by Mr. Sean Jones, a uh, contributor to the blog. Yep. Um, occasional. Occasional contributor to the blog. And on future podcasts, we may, as you say, not get a word in edgeways over his scouse tones. Dulcet scouse tones, yeah. Looking forward to graduation? Very much so, very much so. Looking forward to wearing that hat, chucking it. <laughs> Excuse me. And also seeing Brian May. Yeah. And well, I, I know what I'm going to say to him now as well when I shake his hand, if I do get to. Instead on. of cracking a Queen joke, which I'm trying to think of, uh, trying to think of for about two years, and now I'm just going to say, thanks, Brain. <laughs> I read his name as Brain, mate. Uh. Oh, well, the thing I'm most looking forward to is, of course, wearing my new suit. Likewise? Yep. Any excuse for a suit? Yeah. I can't, be, can't really be doing with the pomp and circumstance of uh, graduation, but, uh, you know, got to do it. Got to do these things. Yep. And on that note, let's hit the news desk. <laughs> Okay, we were talking about graduation then. There's been a lot in the news in the last few days about graduate jobs. Basically, there's about 70 applicants per, per graduate job. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't stand us in good stead, really, does Not it? Not really, no. I did apply for a job uh, last week. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's at the place my mum works at a college that she teaches at. And um, she knows somebody in the personnel department. And they said there were uh, about 100 and... 190 something like that applicants for it for this one job needless to say didn't get it uh, into the final 10 though into the final 10 so well, that's, a start. that's a start into the top few percent yeah so the recession in the last couple of years is basically three or four years worth of graduates all applying for the same jobs they're all like this time around. backdated now aren't they? they're yeah, all and backed it, up and you can't see it you can't see it improve anytime soon no my local council's created 10 graduate jobs I'm applying. That's good. I'm applying. I don't know what they are yet. No one does. It's just 10 graduate jobs. But yeah, I'm applying. And who knows? I might be working for some talent councils. Let's hope so. I'll be running the show in four years. Running the show. Anyway, let's go to, well, more mainstream news. Um, Uh, Big story this week. Moat. Oh yeah. Raoul. Raoul Moat. Does that not sound like a fictional name to you? It sounds like somebody from a Mills and Boone novel. (laughs) Um, um, Raoul's yeah. moat. <laughs> anyway, this story was actually specially requested of us by uh, our, Sean Jones. our blogger in exile, Sean Jones, who uh, <laughs> basically on, uh, contacted us on Twitter, of course, and said, make sure you tell me who Raoul Moat is. So, so out of the loop. Yeah. He's across the pond. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't know who this Geordie Gunman is. In that insular backwater that is uh, the USA. So just to clarify for Sean, uh, Raoul Mota is a man who has shot his former partner yep. uh, and her is it new boyfriend. Wounded her new boyfriend. And also shot a police officer. Yeah. Uh, and we should stress basically that he was let out of prison. Uh, when was it? Late last week? Something like that, yeah. Uh, late last week. He was let out of prison and it's sort of controversial. Well, it's, it's controversial because he shot and killed people. But also, police officer. also, while he was in prison, he actually made the threats to kill and he was still released. Which is why it was yeah. some way controversial. But, but he's holding a vendetta against just the police. Yeah. And he said, members of the public will be fine. 
uh, I'm just out to shoot the police, basically. Mm-hmm. And they've now tailed him to this uh, near this village called Rothbury or something like that. Yes. And yeah. it's in the northeast. Yeah. Little market town. And he's currently hiding out in the woods. And the yeah. police are trying to capture him. And yeah. they've, spent, they've spent about six days trying to catch him. <laughs> yeah, he's still at large. Um, still armed, presumably. Uh, yeah, still at large. And there's no sign of him yet. Apparently they found a tent or something that he was staying in. I read, I think. Yeah, I read that. Um, but, yeah. If you were the police, would you be, uh, tomorrow, would you be saying, let's have a dress down Friday? <laughs> it, uh, or it could go the other way. If you were on your way to a fancy dress party as a PC, you might be mistaken as a genuine police officer. Uh, shot by the moat. And uh, also, Sean Sh- might not know, but it's also under heavy scrutiny because it's sort the second time in, in two or three weeks in this country that there's been killing spree basically so uh, yeah after Mr Bird you know I blame David Cameron yeah absolutely to nothing under labour Cameron gets it bang bang and what happens killing spree in the north of England so there you go David Cameron is at fault he should dress up as a police officer and go <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway what else is there? what else have you got uh, Michael Gove um, uh, education secretary yeah. Michael Gobley has made a a whopper gaff. Apparently, there were twenty-five errors on a Department for Education list uh, that insinuated that some schools were still going to get money that Labour proposed they got through this um, school building program. Mm-hmm. So they thought they were going to get it was fifty-five billion pounds was going to be shared out between uh, seven hundred schools uh, for the new facilities and stuff. And the Tories said that well, was list said originally that it wasn't going to get cut. And then they've said, oh, actually, no, actually, it's getting cut. Yeah. So they've pulled pulled the rug out under their uh, feet, not the wind out of the sails. Yeah, it's uh, to be expected, I think. £55 billion. Pounds. £55 billion, pounds, how much it is? Yeah. Terrible. Anyway, more news. There's quite a lot, there's actually quite a lot going on at the minute. Um, basically, I've printed off a story from the Daily Mail website, and the headline, it's almost like a parody headline. And Greg's not seen it yet. I've actually kept it because <laughs> I'm going to read it out because it's that ridiculous. Are you ready? Yeah. Supreme Court judge says homosexual asylum seekers should be allowed to stay because gays must be free to enjoy Kylie concerts and colourful cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the headline is longer than most paragraphs in the Daily Mail. Um, Certainly longer than anything that Richard Little John can put together. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, um, this is really current. This is today's news, really. Stress. That's the. Uh, I think that might be in the Express. That's the 8th of July. I think it is on the front cover of the Express today. Uh, basically, two asylum seekers. My understanding is, it's, you can't really get the extrapolate what's really going on with the mail. They're more concerned with their own opinion. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it just shows the complete narrow-mindedness of the uh, the judge to actually said that. He actually mm-hmm. said that to. I'll find the story and. If you yeah. did say that, that's a terrible <laughs> homophobic error. It's half. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Basically, the the male is obviously angry that two asylum seekers have been allowed to stay in the country. But um, one's from Cameroon and one's from Iran, and both gay, of course. Basically, they're they're exported. If they're exported, they could face persecution for the sexuality. Iran. It isn't Iran. Iran, especially. The, the only country in the world that claims it's got no gay people living in it. Because so. when somebody officially comes out as gay, they just execute them. Yeah. 
in Cameroon. I don't think it was in Cameroon. There was a story in Malawi, which isn't far from Cameroon. It's on a um, sort of West African coast. And fa- um, quite famously, a few weeks ago, um, jailed a gay couple for 12 years in separate prisons, miles and miles and miles apart, just because of their sexuality. I'm not saying Cameroon's the same, but never know. It's, it can be quite insular. Yeah, West Africa. But really, it's it's just a ridiculous stereotype, isn't it? Completely. The first the first first sentence of this story is: Gay men should be free to attend Kylie concerts, drink exotically coloured cocktails, and talk about boys with their women friends. A Supreme Court justice said today, "This is someone whose only sort of experience of any gay people has been in American sitcom." American sitcom, absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking. He said, just as male heterosexuals are free to enjoy themselves playing rugby, drinking beer and talking about girls with their mates, male homosexuals are free to enjoy themselves going to Kylie concerts, drinking exotically coloured cocktails and talking about boys with their straight female friends. See the rugby last night? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, not much though, because I was pissed. Also, Ooh, girls. Bloody oh, love them. Oh. <laughs> we just satirised you good. Yeah, Supreme Court judge. It's ridiculous, though. He's just eat that. Put that in your wig and smoke oh. it. <laughs> actually, in what I've printed off, there's actually um, there's actually some of the, the classic male comments. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's a bonus. I didn't know they were on there. Sensible one. Why does the utter knee-jerk racism, homophobia, and all around idiocy of, idiocy of this paper and its readership continue to shock and amazement? Mm. Nice. Good online user. So, um, <laughs> this is someone from Cheshire. Bear in mind, we are in Cheshire now. <laughs> If a couple arrive, all I have to say is I'm gay and my wife is a lesbian. If you send us back home, we will be put in jail. Ridiculous. At the end of the day, the question must be asked: What asked? Why must the problems of the world rest on our shoulders? We have problems of our own. Is this really a problem of the world? Two people, two no, no. two gay people. It is galling that all EU countries are now gay friendly, and many removed their anti-gay laws years before a once extremely homophobic Britain did so. Why then is the UK the prime target to other EU countries these immigrants pass through? Could it be free benefits, healthcare, housing, and a multicultural society that welcomes all? Which, yeah, probably. Right, if they think like, oh, that, right, that which sentence, country? That sentence is uh, a brilliant summation of, mo- of modern Britain. Free benefits, healthcare, housing, and a multicultural society that welcomes all. Well, that's what I mean. That's why they've gone there. But <laughs> guess what it says at the end of that sentence? That welcomes all except the indigenous population. What? <laughs> Who was that? Have you got a name for that person? I do have a name for that person. That is David Thompson from David Drip- Thompson. Drip- shame on you, you the UK fucking prat. It, <laughs> right, that was a really good sentence. It was a really, really good sentence. Well, he's completely it's undermined his own argument, hasn't he? Yeah. In the same sentence. I mean, amazingly. Um, uh, anyway, that's, that's, I'm, I'm angry with that. Um, oh. What other stories have I got? What's this one? Also in the Daily Mail, uh, it's <laughs> the biggest story of uh, all things going on. There's a man-man on the loose, but the Mail's biggest story is, of course, Wayne Rooney is on holiday. And, more so, there was a ca- I saw a caption on the Mail website before, and it, it was Wayne Rooney holding his son in the air, and the, the baby was laughing. And yeah, um, it said, <laughs> the caption, wouldn't you rather it be the World Cup? <laughs> 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 Which, I'm sure, right, is almost certain, Wayne Rooney would rather be holding his son in the World Cup. <laughs> Pretty horrible. Really? Same, yeah. Mm-hmm. Human life uh, or piece of uh, ornate gold. Really goes for the gold every day. <laughs> uh, story in the Express today. Uh, the headline reads, 
now dads need a crime check to see sports day. I'll read out some, some of the opening of this article, right? A school was yesterday accused of lunacy after it emerged that parents were not allowed to attend sports day without undergoing criminal record checks. I mean, you could say, fair enough, it might be a bit OTT. Just a bit. Maybe a bit, but they're actually worried there might be genuine criminals. Like. Maybe not. Um, a horrified parent was turned away by teachers at Delil Catholic Science College in Loughborough, Leicestershire, when he arrived to see his son compete. The father was told he would need to have a criminal record bureau check to cheer on his 12-year-old. The 41-year-old man was forced to hide behind a tree and watch <laughs> from over 30 feet away outside the gates on Monday. I don't think they made him hide behind the tree. I, I think, think that if, was if, he was, his own if he was outside the, the gates, surely he was off the premises and therefore not committing any sort of felony, <laughs> then chose to hide behind a tree. Uh. And the humour of that is compounded by the fact that he's a 41 year old man <laughs> hiding behind a tree. Uh, why, why is this assumption now in, in the Express, really, that everyone's a paedophile? Everyone's a potential paedophile? Well, everyone could be a potential paedophile. Well, they could be. You've yeah, just got to trust them not to be. Exactly. He's come to watch his son in the race. I mean, what next? Uh, another one in the Express. Um, the headline is Unmasked Teacher Who Works as a Male Stripper. <laughs> and it's basically about um, this guy, uh, Benedict Garrett. That's a good uh, name. It is, isn't it? Sounds like something from a Dickens novel. <laughs> uh, he's quite a good looking guy. Um, it is. He's 30. 30. Bit of designer stubble. Yeah. Uh, and he works. Uh, looks a bit like the actor, Jared Butler. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what Jared Butler looks like. <laughs> he works at a school in Essex, uh, Beale High School. And it's, <laughs> it's come to light that uh, he works um, as a stripper. And it says here he uh, transforms into Johnny Anglais, <laughs> a male stripper who dresses in classical Greek and fireman outfits. So not only a classical Greek outfit, but a classical fireman outfit as well. He's a really old-fashioned fireman. I think Johnny Anglais is a uh, exotic version of Rowan Atkinson's character, Johnny English. He is, yeah. <laughs> Just a Mr. Bean thing as well. Monsieur Bean. <laughs> Um, Monsieur Petit Pois. Also dresses as James Bond, funnily enough. Sexy. That might be where the Johnny Anglais thing comes from. But the point is, though, he does it all in his own time. All in his own. Yeah, it's not like he's coming into the it's classroom like, dressed as a naked yeah, butler. No, he's like stripping the geography lesson. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, say, he says that some of the people have been trying to message me on Facebook saying, Sir, you are a legend. See, there you go, kids love it. They call him Sir still, yeah. even on Facebook. That, that, that they are well mannered kids who've been taught well by uh, Johnny Anglais. Johnny Senor Anglais. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with this particularly because it's, as you say, it's on his own time. It's not interfering with his schoolwork. And also, surely the kids wouldn't be allowed to see his shows because well, they're. Yeah, being over 18, basically. Yeah, so there's no. The Venn diagrams of stripper and teacher do not overlap. Mm. I don't see the problem. No, I think this I. this school is a knee-jerk reaction from the school yeah. and from the paper. Definitely. But that's what the Daily Express specialises in, knee-jerk reactions. Um, and it also specialises in un- unnecessary details. So it's just saying, yeah, I can understand if you put someone's age after their name, but it says Mr. Garrett, six foot two inches, <laughs> lives in Hackney. It's a good height. Yeah, very good height. Uh, yeah, but also in the Express is its constant crusade that um, to ban the burqa that's probably the Express's favourite thing whenever there's anything that goes in Europe with the burqa the Express are on it and um, basically 
their editorial is the UK must surely follow suit. And it's, uh, it's pathetic. Are they getting banned in countries? Yeah, they are. Um, where was it the band? In Why? Movie? Was it? I think the band in Catalonia. Where? The band, ironically, because the scene is oppressive. But what's more oppressive is not letting people wear them at all. Rather than letting people wear banning them. them yeah. yeah. A couple more quick stories. Um, it's emerged that the, the first humans arrived in Britain 250,000 years earlier than was thought. Um, I'd say 950,000 years ago before the Ice Age, as opposed to um, pre-Ice Age. So, With schools um, as well. Yeah. Amazing. So I think that's uh, another page of Nick Griffin's family tree there. His uh, indigenous British heritage. Have to go on to a, a third page. Dick, I beg your pardon, Nick Griffin. What's <laughs> uh, it? The tabloids as well. There's not much going on in the tabloids. Is there? Not really, no. Oh, there's a, there's a lady. Usual page three. Yeah. Um, the biggest story again. It's uh, it's it's old Raoul. What has he based his hairstyle on? I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? Looks like a sort of like a little quiff. And then it's, it's sort of cut really short on top, as in the very top, as in where a Jewish person might wear a school cap, and then it's totally shaved. I think he's looks like a bald man who's, well, looks like a bald man with something stuck to his head, or just a man who's based his hair on uh, a cartoon desert island without any palm trees on it. Imagine someone with a receding hairline, right, a receding hair, so they've got sort of the egg in the nest look, but the other way around, so it's receding around the sides, got, still got the... Fascinating. Uh, yeah, um... What else? Jennifer Saunders, battling cancer. Oh yeah, I didn't know about that. Cheryl, Cheryl Cole might have malaria. <laughs> That's not really that funny, but it's uh, pretty funny. It's kind of funny. Oh, this is an interesting one. Um, Amazon are going into food, so they're going to take on Tesco, Asda, and what, wow. what else? Cicada? Oh, that's the one that's online only, isn't it? Cicada, oh, right. Yeah, I'm getting my food from Amazon from now on. It's Kelvin McKenzie's column. It's pretty fast, that. There he is. Right. Rooney again. It's the Rooney picture. Oh, this is really, really dire. Harry Hill's got a record deal with Universal. Wow. What on earth? Albums of comic songs and other funny stuff. You know what? They'll be really funny. <laughs> I hope they are, anyway. It's uh, quite a good singer. Did you ever see him when he did uh, Stars in Their Eyes? Morrissey. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, hang on. Right. We'll go, if we go back to the gay asylum seekers story, are you ready for the sun's headline? Go on. It's Iranian men. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, my word. Dearie, dearie. Oh, a few lookalikes in the sun there. Apparently, David Hasselhoff looks like a mystery woman. Ian Dalian Sloth. They've got the same sort of crooked eyes as well. There's a few in there. That's um, pretty thin. Not much in there. In the sun. It's pretty slow in the papers. As we say, the main bulk of the news is made up with. I know. Uh, it's well, the moat. It's moat and the gays. The gay asylum seekers. And obviously, it's the uh, the World Cup final, which is upcoming now. Are we going to do another one minute roundup? Yeah. I think we should. Let's go now. Down some quick fire opinions, please. Uh, best player, best player. Can I have one from each of the last four teams? Yeah, Germany, Thomas Muller has uh, pulled the strings for them. Yeah, with a nod to Schweinsteiger as well. Um, Holland, Wesley Snyder has been 
outstanding. Uruguay, Diego Forlan has been absolutely top class and what have we seen? Spain. Spain, of course. It's Vier, isn't it? David Vier. Yeah. Iniesta as well, honourable mention. Best goal? Avram Cost. Best manager? Tavares, Uruguay manager. Hero? Hero has to be Puyol yesterday. A real uh, warrior's effort for Spain. Yeah. Uh, villain? Luis Suarez for the, the handball incident, which I must stress, it wasn't cheating, but it was a, sh- a, real, a real shame for, for Ghana. They, really, they deserved to go through, I think. Yeah. Best game? Best game. I really like both semi-finals. Both semi-finals are excellent, but uh, watching Germany rip Argentina apart was unbelievable. Favourite moment? Favourite moment. It was back to Ghana again. It was Ghana's winning goal against the USA in extra time to get through to the quarters. That was magic. Favourite team? Germany. Germany have been the best team. I think if they had Muller yesterday, they just kept the same balance. Might just have got through. And the biggest disappointment? Um... Italy, and I'm saying Italy rather than England because England in the last 16, I don't think is underachieving. I think that's probably about right. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but Italy, world champions, to be so poor. They're all so, too old, they're all past it. Yeah. To get uh, a new team, get with it. The young players are too young and the old players are too old. They lack a middle ground. Come four years, they could be, could be a good side, but who knows. Anyway, that'll be it for the World Cup because in two weeks' time, it'll, uh, it'll be long gone, won't it? So, yeah. Uh, yep. That's our end of the World Cup. One final prediction. Who's going to win? Spain. Yeah, I don't want Spain to win. But I don't Spain. want Spain to win. But uh, my heart says Holland, but my head says Spain. I think they'll just uh, win the midfield battle. Who'll finish third? Oh, Germany. Yeah, Germany. Okay, quick roundup of uh, TV we've watched this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, come on down, what have you been viewing? I've actually got a few things this week. I've watched quite a bit of telly. As it's square eyes. Yep, there's been a, a few gaps in the World Cup, so I've been watching some other things. Um, well, <laughs> this isn't really telly. On the computer, I've been watching HBO Six Feet Under, which ran from 2001 to 2005. Uh, it's yeah. interesting, really. Quite quite high concept. It's about a family of funeral directors, and basically, the I only I should stress only two. I've only seen two of the five series. Uh, a family of funeral directors. The two sons take over after the father dies in the first episode, and really, it's a it's a black comedy. It's quite quite kooky though. Really, really interesting. Quite philosophical. Makes you think a lot about um, mortality. Um, yeah, well, it's, existential angst. Yeah, it is. It's very it's very existential, and basically, one of the narrative devices it uses is um, it uses is basically the um, as because they sort of you know embalm and stuff, and as they're doing yeah. that, there's um, have these imagined conversations with the uh, with the deceased, and basically, as they're working on the body, you'll see basically the dead person sort of just walking around talking. So um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's quite an interesting concept, but um, really enjoyable. Really enjoyable. HBO delivers again. It doesn't usually let down. Does it HBO? Yeah, it's usually quite uh, high quality. It's on HBO. Yeah, so three more series of that to go. I'm looking forward to it. Sounds good. What about you? Uh, I've watched. Well, I watched one episode of Mary Queen of Shops oh, yeah. on TV, and then I thought it wouldn't be fair to judge the whole series on one episode, so I watched all of the others on iPlayer. Bear wow. in mind they are an hour long each. I've watched like four episodes. Wow. So, Do you uh, like it that much? Well, it was kind of interesting. I mean, like the first episode that I watched was about um, a little shop uh, in a countryside uh, village. And it was rubbish. 
the shop was terrible. We would... well, it's the premise of the show that is basically an underperforming shop, and she yeah. comes in and troubleshoots. And... Yeah, uh, yeah, she's a retail expert, and yeah. she comes into a, a shop or business basically that's um, struggling uh, in these austere times. And she will come in and she will point out its flaws and suggest changes that could be implemented. And often the shop owners will usually be a bit cautious at first and then go along with her and then, hey presto, they've started raking in money. Yeah. Except for in the first episode of the series that I watched an iPlayer, which was a bakery uh, somewhere, it was in Dorset, and the woman who owned the bakery had run it for 36 years and she kept reminding everyone at every opportunity mm-hmm. um, so Mary came in she said this is literally like being back into the 1970s you need to update etc yeah. she didn't want to do it at yeah, all it's too stubborn. she was really really stubborn and even though Mary was saying okay what you need to focus on is being a speciality bread shop yeah. you know a special bakery she took her to another bakery elsewhere that was just selling breads um, the woman seemed impressed he took the shop's baker as well, and he learned new recipes mm-hmm. uh, off another baker, and they got him to make some samples up to try and sell in the shop, and they were like a, a raging success, and they took them down to, uh, out into the community, and people were going, oh, this is great stuff, I'd pay like £2 a loaf for this kind of thing, and you thought like, oh, she's convinced she's going to put them in the shop finally. Yeah. Um, she didn't. Oh. Uh, and then they had uh, like a design consultancy guy in, and he out full plans for I mean this is a guy who'd like done shop designs for like Harrods and stuff and he desi- designed a new layout for this bakery and it was really really nice like the sample thing he did and she was just like not convinced at all and she was so pessimistic about it and then out of the blue completely Mary was in the shop again she just popped in and uh, the woman came down and said you're gonna have to get off the premises or I'm gonna sue you all of a sudden and so you basically like expelled them off the premises and apparently She's just not changed the shop at all. Totally stuck in her ways. Well, it was just, it was bizarre to watch. If, if you're a small business and you don't move at the time, you have to go out of business, basically. Yeah. I think the thing she said was, like, they'd had the, you know, the same clientele for, like, 30 years. And, yeah, basically. And they, they, they knew what they liked. And, yeah. But it wasn't true, because there were people walking past that. It was, like, next to a tube station. Oh, so they, yeah. they could have had loads of, like, passing trade, but what an idiot. I just, I was left thinking like what an absolute idiot you can't rely on loyal customers for that long because eventually those they'll die yeah and um, people younger people I don't think aren't as likely to go to a bakery but yeah interesting to watch just like somebody so unwilling to take somebody's advice yeah it's just I don't know bizarre yeah it's incredibly weird speaking of which I know it's grounds though guess what I've got at home now come on bread maker oh nice made any yeah I made a few loaves yeah made one yesterday sort of a with some, with some rosemary and thyme in it. Very nice. DVD. Yep. <laughs> uh, what else have you watched this week? Um, we just spoke about it briefly. Uh, Rev on BBC Two. The new Tom Hollander. sitcom with In The Loop's Tom Hollander. Tom Hollander, isn't that's that right, isn't it? I'm Olivia right, Colman. Yeah, I'm right, uh, Olivia Colman. Peep Show fame. And being an extra in loads of... Well, not an extra, but having small roles in loads and loads of things. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? But it was okay. Yeah, it's it, it was it's, kind of like a Ricky or Dibley, but not that funny. It's decent enough, isn't it? It's uh, it's pretty harmless. It was halfway between comedy and drama. Yeah, it's, whereas Ricky or Dibley was like full on comedy. Yeah, 
you don't think Tom Hollander's character, the the, uh, the vicar, is sort of hopeless in the same way as in the Luke character is, really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's all almost playing the same role. He's in danger of being typecast. Yes, completely. So, so in the thick of it, he plays the, uh, the fucker in the, the very last episode. Yeah. <laughs> Basically the conservative Martin Tucker. But, uh, yeah. One other thing I watched was the uh, second episode of the new series of everyone's favourite, Top Gear. Oh. <laughs> right, I'll start it by saying... Clarkson, May, and Hammond take a trip to Berlin. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Jeremy Clarkson thought it was hilarious to uh, carry around <laughs> Roy Jenkins, Churchill, <laughs> and a book about the 1966 World Cup. Oh, God. It's a hilariously original idea from Clarkson. And so misguided that um, if he thinks a German person will be off- offended by those books. It's uh, ridiculous. And also, they had basically a stage, it's sort of a, a challenge in a car where they had to drive around with a boom power band. And he's just obsessed with national stereotypes, perhaps. He is, isn't he? He's a fucking moron. Absolute moron. Do you know the way that Richard Hammond got, uh, well, he thought he'd been brain damaged in that terrible accident? <laughs> I think he is. Well, I think if it would have been Clarkson and he would have been permanently, well, not, not injured in any way other than mentally injured enough to not be able to present TV or write newspaper articles anymore. That would have been fine by me. Why couldn't it have been Clarkson? I know, that's a real shame. That's a real shame. <laughs> I mean, James Mays are probably Thatcher, right? But Mays sort of, sort of put up with May, I suppose. But Hammond and Clarkson... It'd be, okay, it'd be okay in the same way that Nick Robinson is okay on BBC News. Exactly. And Michael Portillo is okay on that program yeah. about trains. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a bearable Tory, but Clarkson is. I think I think Clarkson's beyond Tory. Yeah, he's a he's really right wing, and I don't know why the BBC give him any platform to um, share his horrible views that he's got about other people. I think he's a UKIPper. He's a UKIPper. Probably, yeah. Yes, like Little John. Mm. Right. Something about Little John. Right. I read an article the other day, and it was in reference to the Second World War, and he said the classic phrase that people always say: "If it wasn't for them." We'd all be speaking German now. I hate that phrase. It's ridiculous because because it suggests that rather than being oppressed, the wor- the worst thing is having to speak a different language. It's like opp- oppression's okay, but not speaking German. I mean, there's terrible few years of transition from English to German. <laughs> would have been really interesting for language because it could have had some hybrid yeah. form of. No, oh, would have been linguists. Watch out. Watch out for any future invasions. It just seems bizarre, though. That's always earmarked as the worst possible thing to have to speak a different language. But he's uh, a moron. Little John, we covered him last week. Too much. Uh, I've also watched um, Mongrels, oh, yeah? which is uh, a new show on BBC Three. It builds itself as an adi- adult puppet show, and it's done in a really sort of jokey way. Adult, I mean, like adult in the sexy way. No, <laughs> in the way that it contains like swearing and. Things. It's not not a kids program, but I really love the way you can see like they, they just have all the strings and all the wires and stuff on show on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's like knowingly, knowingly quaint. But I, it, I thought it'd be terrible, but it's quite amusing to be honest. Um, it's sort of like Team America, that sort of crudeness. Mm, at points, it's quite crude, but it's I don't know. It's I don't know who I can't remember who writes it now, but it's uh, it's genuinely quite funny. I mean, there's like. A fox character that's really, really foul-mouthed that's voiced by, do you know, Paul Kay? Yeah, Dennis Bennett. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, but the way that they do it is they do, do that 
like bleeper sound effect over him all the time, and it's just really he's the only character they do it to, and he, every other word is a bleep. It's it's really funny, and also in one of the episodes there was a hilarious Christopher Biggins cameo as God. <laughs> um, uh, and a lot of the jokes are, are from taken from um, explaining animal behaviour. Uh, there was like a thing about uh, one dog in it meeting another dog. And they were saying like, oh, I spoke to him last night and it was just the dogs sort of barking at each other over the garden fences. <laughs> he was going, hello, hello, <laughs> back to each other. <laughs> Things like a uh, dog like going to the toilet inside a building. It was like, it was like a rebellious dog. <laughs> it was like sticking it to the man. He was like <laughs> rubbing his butt on the carpet. <laughs> uh, uh. So it will, you know, it will appeal to all fans of anthropomorphism. Oh. That's all I'll say. How many Gregs out of ten does it get? Uh, I give it seven. Oh, I mean, a solid score. Yeah, I mean, there's loads of jokes about celebrities in it. I don't know why. Uh, there was a joke about a, a pigeon finding noise problems with its accommodation, and it turned out she was living in Amy Winehouse's hair. <laughs> <laughs> and there was also a hilarious cameo from Paul Ross in it as well. Um, yeah, there was uh, there's a, a group of foxes on it, and um, they were talking about the the phenomenon of being the runt of the litter, and they were <laughs> trying to illustrate it by using celebrities. They said like, you know, like Paul Ross is the runt of the litter, and the, the animals were just saying, "Who's Paul Ross?" And then <laughs> someone got a picture of him out saying, "That Paul Ross," and they were going, "No, who?" And then he was actually there, and he said, "That Paul Ross there," and he was just foraging in the bins. <laughs> And then uh, he was pretending to make a business deal on a on a phone, and it just turned out it was just his hand like that, you know, <laughs> it's an open palm. Uh, so it's got potential. It's a good appearance from Ross. Uh, yeah, it's got um, you know, just discussed AI Ottoman the other week. It's got uh, Dan Tetzel doing uh, some voices in that. Oh, he's great at voices, Dan Tetzel. Yeah, yeah, he does the voice of uh, Andrew Collins, Marion, who's like a, a Hispanic cat. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. It's really funny. You should check it out. Good. Uh, one final thing. Not not TV as such. Not, not TV at all, really. A film. I've actually watched a film this week. You committed yourself to. I have committed. Ninety myself. minutes plus. Oh oh! It was a uh, hundred minutes. Hundred thirty-five minutes. Wow! And I watched two parts of the same film, totaling wow. <laughs> totaling uh, four four and a half hours. It's pretty good. I wow. watched I watched uh, Steven Soderbergh's Jay. The, uh, oh, is it good? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, its reviews were mixed, but yeah, um, it assumes a degree of knowledge on Che Guevara and the Cuban Revolution, right? Which I have basically. So um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Benicio del Toro is a really good Che. Really looks like him. Looks as well. like him, yeah. And so does um, I don't know who it is who plays Castro, but it's a good likeness as well. But it's uh, it's really really nicely shot. There's a lot of like long lingering cuts. It's really good at building tension. Uh, part one basically is about the Cuban Revolution in fifty eight, fifty nine, yeah. Um, seizing power in Cuba, but it's sort of intercut with scenes from Guevara at the UN in uh, nineteen sixty four in New York. His visit to New York, right. um, basically talking about how Cuba's progressed in the five years mm-hmm. as the other. It's sort of as it shows how they actually seized power, but that's really good, really good happy ending in that one. But part two is like. Um, contrast really it starts similar it's about uh, his time in Bolivia we tried to do basically the same in Bolivia yeah didn't he like just move over there and then 
Because ba- basically he, he assembled like a guerrilla force, didn't he? And yeah, but he had hardly any on working exactly. for him. Yeah, because in, in Cuba it grew and grew and grew, but in Bolivia it wouldn't take. It just didn't really take off. And um, the US, the US were against him. Basically, didn't he have like a plastic surgery and stuff to? I don't, I don't know if he had plastic surgery. Before, I think before he went, he certainly had a lot of uh, disguises and non yeah. non de plumes. Maybe he used one of those Groucho Marx uh, glasses, nose, <laughs> moustache things. Uh, yeah, uh, in the the start of um, part two, it's really hard to recognise him because he's bald and he's got false teeth in. You sort of give him a, like almost a jaw, like a, like a chimp. You know, it sort of sticks oh, out. Yeah. Um, it looked really, really different, but. Um, yeah, in Bolivia in 1967, 1968, I think. Might have just been 1967. Um, really contrasts about how the, he struggled to do anything, struggled to build up popularity in Bolivia, which um, led to his uh, defeat and execution, which was obviously tragic. He was uh, someone really trying to do good. He wanted to do the same revolution in the whole of Latin America, make it all socialist, uh, which would have been brilliant, but obviously it never came to fruition. But really, as much as a defeat, it's about him, him as a man, and his um, just his desire to make life better for Los Campesinos, not the band. The, uh, just means the workers, isn't it? Yeah, the peasants, basically. Yeah, just and the band as well. Big fan of the band. <laughs> yeah, but it's really uh, it really shows the corruption of imperialism, and um, yeah, it's really really good. Really recommend watching it. I actually watched. Um, I was on my computer. I watched a rip from a Blu-ray of it. Oh, really, right. really, really good quality. It took ages to download, but uh, it was all about board, I promise. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> Sideways glance indicating otherwise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but Jay, parts one and two, I recommend it. If you don't know much about him, I'd read up a little bit first. Don't read too much into it. Maybe just read the Wikipedia page, that's probably enough. But yeah, get some, get some knowledge before you watch it, or you'll be, you'll be lost, really, and you'll be fine. Um, take it at face value, but there's a lot to be added. Very entertaining, definitely yeah. worth watching. Anyway, any, uh, any new records to be on the spindle this week? So, this week I has been mostly listening to uh, the new Mystery Jets album, Serotonin. Yep. Uh, the third? Yeah, which I thought, compared to the other two, was quite disappointing. Mm. It, whereas the first two, Sort of were kind of interesting in the albums. Mm. Uh, They're really different from each other. The first two. Yeah, but they sort of kept the same sort of level of uh, consistency. Well, yeah, consistency, but also they never really aimed above the station. Whereas this one, it sounds like in places it's a tri- sta- tri- stadiumy. It yeah. sounds like radio, not Radiohead. <laughs> you too. Uh, Razor light. Oh. which I think is a. But late razor light, you know, rubbish razor light. America razor lights, yeah. As opposed to golden touch yeah. razor lights. Completely. Oh. Uh, and it was like I don't know, it's it's the same as the other Mystery Jets album. It's the same as the last album, but just up up the gear, mm. just increase the effects pedals, and I don't know, I don't know if they got a different producer or something, but it just it really disappointed me. Yeah. I mean, even it's the true. the first song uh, on the track uh, on the album uh, Alice Springs, it was just I don't know it. it in places, in like the instrumental bits, it just sounded like some terrible classic rock band. Wow. Sounded like the Eagles or something. It's just I don't like the Eagles. Thought it was terrible. <laughs> but the singles from it that I've heard, uh, 
flashing my smile, yeah, but dreaming of another world. That's a good single. I think they're both, they're both really good, them singles. Yeah, I've, not, I've never heard they're Dreaming the, of Another they're World. They're the definite standout track. I've been all quiet on the music front. I've <laughs> uh, spent all my time watching telly, obviously, because we haven't much talked about it. So, uh, I do too at the same time. I watch TV and listen to my iPod. <laughs> uh, Compromises my understanding of one, though. Quiz time, children. Okay, it's time to get competitive. It's a... Uh, Quiz. Yep, your turn. So you got eight last week. I got eight, did I? Oh. Oh. God, I'm not oh, looking at oh. <laughs> Nine say, for the win. I might fancy That's my chances. That's the vast majority. I might fancy my chances on this one. Okay, <laughs> all I can say is bring on the bring on the 15 questions. And I'll, I'll give you my best of luck in answering my questions. Mm, you ready? All I can say is if these are hard, I'm going to make harder ones for next week. Well, I think these are quite hard. Right. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Right. <laughs> Here we go. Number one. Azerbaijan's National Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Already, I just know it. I'm not going to know the answer to right. it. Azerbaijan's national stadium is called the Tofik Bakramov Stadium, but how did Tofik Bakramov achieve international notoriety? <laughs> right, you'll have to give me some kind of clue. Was he like. Sporting. Uh, sporting. Right. Uh, did he win an Olympic gold medal? He did not. He was the linesman in the 1966 World Cup final, which allowed Jeff Hurst's controversial goal to stand. Oh, uh, well, that's so obscure. I know, it is. Right, it is. okay. But he, was all, he was, but he was always known as the Russian linesman, but because Azerbaijan was part of the Soviet Union, but he's a right. Azerbaijan. Right. Number two, a little bit easier. Yeah. He was had hit singles with Hungry Heart, The River, and Lucky Day. I'm never going to get this. Hungry Heart. Lucky Day is one of his most recent singles. His, no, I'll give it away a bit. You haven't. Now is it down to every man on the planet? Every, <laughs> every, every male solo artist. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. He's, he's had a, a long, long career. Right. And he's, he's still going very, very strongly. Come on then. Have a clue. What was the clue? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to coax another clue out here. He's American. I have absolutely no idea who this is going to be. Uh, is it Lou Reed? Bruce Springsteen. Could, could have guessed that and that would have been... A safe guess, wouldn't it? Right. In what year was James Joyce's Ulysses originally published? 1923. Two. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, I believe uh, I just got right. You'll hate this question. Right. Chile is 2,700 miles from north to south, but what is its average width to the nearest 10 miles? <laughs> thin, isn't it? It is. Average width. Uh, I must say this is according to Wikipedia. So how? It's two thousand seven hundred miles from its north tip to its south tip. I'll say it's sixty miles. One hundred and ten. In the nineteen eighty-seven film Wall Street, who played the role of Gordon Gecko? Oh, I don't know. I've never seen it. I know of the character though. Mm. Braces. Final facts. Yeah. Whose face does he have? <laughs> Michael Douglas. <laughs> In which African country did Che Guevara unsuccessfully attempt to stage a revolt? I'm not looking forward to next week already. Did it in, he did it in Cuba. He failed in Bolivia. And then, Which African I know, I know country it, did he have a go beforehand? This is the one where he only had like 12 people yeah. looking for him, isn't he, it? He failed, but yeah. Through lack of support. Congo. Yes. Yes! At the 2010 World Cup, aside from Holland, only one country is unbeaten. 
What country is it? They are unbeaten, but they are out. Unbeaten, but so that means they must have drawn their three group games. Uh, is it Switzerland? Is it New Zealand? Ah. <laughs> well, Switzerland was an alright guess. Yeah. They lost to uh, Chile, though, I think. How did they? Uh, which French Minister of Defence gave his name to the line of fortifications built by France along the German border prior to World War Two? If you play it, it's the something line. Actually, no idea, have Imagine you know. No, never would have that. To the nearest whole number, what percent of the total votes did the Conservative Party win in the 2010 general election? Can I have a 1% margin of error? Go on, you've got a 2% band to land it. Right. Can I say... You've got 1% either side. About 35%. You can have that, yes. yes. It was actually 36.1. Uh, in which city is Nick Clegg's constituency? Sheffield. Yes. In which Britpop band was Matt Osman, the bass player? <laughs> That's a ridiculous question. They're a band best known for the frontman and guitarist, but uh, Matt Osman was the bass player. Uh, Who are they? Uh, no, it was Swain. <laughs> in the 2001 UK census, Census. My hometown, St. Helens, was revealed through the UK's most Christian town. To the nearest percent, what percent Christian was it? I'll give you a clue. It was something 0.5, so you can have either way. Uh, 62. No. 98.5. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, in which Sunday newspaper would you find Nick Ferrari's column? It's featured heavily it's in this podcast. Is it just the Sunday Express? Yes, it is the Sunday Express. <laughs> in 1928, the Shillikoff Bakery in Missouri, the USA, first produced what? 1928. Bakery. Bakery in New York. Missouri. Missouri, sorry. Missouri. 1928. Bakery. Some kind of American cooked good. It's the first ever Twinkie. Was it sliced bread? Oh, right. Uh... Final question. The best invention since which, U- which UK city is home to the UK's oldest black African community? Manchester. Which is a guest, really. It's not good. Uh, I never, never would have got that. I never would have guessed Liverpool. One, two, three. three. Four. <laughs> they were, <laughs> they stink- were really hard. They were stinking questions. But that's the name of the game. Right, it's one all. It is one all. Good luck for next week, that's all I'm saying. Ooh. Good bloody look because you're going to need it big time and now on Radio 4 we find out what's in store for Dr. Bent this week in the next instalment of Drop Your Trousers Please Graham's just upstairs getting some bed rest. I was paying a home visit to Graham Baggis, the sexy, jug-eared young farmhand who I had encountered no more than a week earlier in my surgery. Hello, Graham. What's the problem? It's, it's my wrist, Doctor. It's hurting. I hurt it milking a cow. Right, if you could just stand up for me, please. Let's just get a look at that. Oh, yeah, it's very red. 
yeah. swollen as well. It's me good wrist, doctor. Right, okay. Um, Mrs. Baggis, if we could just have a moment, please. I'll leave you to it, doctor. Right, Graham, I'm just going to go around the back here. I'm just, uh, if you could just drop your trousers for me, please. Uh, I will do, doctor, but it's me wrist, it's me wrist. Yeah, if you could just drop them anyway. Just uh, these okay, then. precautionary uh, measures. Okay. Okay, Graham, don't be alarmed. I just need to do a very thorough search just in this particular area here. Whatever it takes, Doctor. Oh, what's that? Shh, don't tell Mummy. Oh. Oh, my. Wow, things are uh, things are really hotting up with the uh, old Doctor and uh, Mr. Baggis. It's getting sexy. It is. I like it. Yeah, it's, I like uh, the new direction. It's my sort of thing. Anyway, that's all, that's all for this week. Um... I'm enjoying it. It's been, a, it's been a good show. Likewise. I hope uh, Sean Jones fully underst- understands the UK news now. And I hope you uh, revise all general things ever, because you'll bloody well need them for next week's quiz. Oh, yeah, well, my, my scope of knowledge is broad. But anyway, I hope uh, also Sean Jones understands who Rahul Malt is now. But of course, that that's not to say we didn't totally lie about him, and he's actually a uh, promising young footballer or something. Or a professor who's discovered uh, some sort of cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of Graham Baggis's cows, maybe. Who knows? Right, so thank you for listening to the podcast yep. all the way through to the bitter end. Uh, well done if you've made it to the end. Um, we hope to see you in a fortnight's time, possibly with the accompaniment of Mr. Jones. Hopefully. It'd be nice if you could join us. Sound of the Fury podcast. Do listen again next time.